Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 16th of May, the 136th day of 2022, with 229 days ahead of us on our way to 2023. Today in 1568, Mary, Queen of Scots, fled to England. Today in 1763, Samuel Johnson first met his future biographer, James Boswell, in London. Today in 1860 in Chicago, the Republican Convention selected Abraham Lincoln as its presidential candidate. Today in 1866, Charles E. Hires invented Hires root beer. Today in 1920, Jeanne d'Arc, otherwise known as Joan of Arc, was canonized as a saint. Today in 2013, human stem cells were successfully cloned. Heavenward this morning, just after midnight, May's full moon arrived as a blood moon, its reddish tinge the result of our Earth momentarily sitting in space directly between the sun and the moon to create a total lunar eclipse. Including its lead-in and lead-out penumbral and partial phases, the complete cycle of the eclipse was almost six hours. May's full moon this year is also a supermoon known as the budding moon, the leaf budding moon, the planting moon, the egg laying moon, the frog moon, the moon of the shedding ponies, and the super flower moon. By far the most exciting thing to have happened around our house this past week was contending with my girlfriend having tested positive for COVID on Cinco de Mayo. No, we weren't at a spreader event celebrating cluelessly. Rather, we had been behaving ourselves as well as possible, masking, distancing, staying away from gatherings of people other than our classrooms of masked students. We had been double boosted as well and had been testing every week at UMaine's Esterbrook Hall. My most recent results had been negative and hers positive from the same day of testing. Fortunately, her primary care physician immediately prescribed a five-day regimen of Paxlovid, the only emergency pharmaceutical treatment available, and my girlfriend is doing fine now. But the BA2 variants, the most communicable strains yet, are on the rise. Quoted in The Guardian on May 7th, Canadian immunologist Sir John Bell says, Most of the world is going to get COVID, and we need to get used to it. The title of the article is Vaccine to Stop COVID Transmission Should Now Be Top Priority. Here in the United States at the moment, we have 83 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020. Dividing that number by the total cases worldwide of about 521 million, we find that we in the U.S. continue to have roughly 16% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. Elsewhere in the world, in second through seventh places are India with 44 million cases, Brazil with 31 million cases, France with 30 million cases, Germany with 26 million cases, the UK with 23 million cases, and Russia with 19 million cases cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 28 months ago.
On the fatal front worldwide, numbers of deaths due to COVID are officially, at sites such as Johns Hopkins, now at 6.3 million, though the World Health Organization this past Friday, according to the Associated Press, estimates that nearly 15 million people were killed either by coronavirus or by its impact on overwhelmed health systems in the past two years. COVID deaths here in the United States, according to Johns Hopkins, are currently 1 million. Averaging the date from the two sources means the U.S. has sustained more than 4,000 deaths since last week. Not a huge number for some folks, only an average of 571 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. No matter what, however, the United States continues to be the world leader in COVID's horrific toll. Worldwide, more than 11.4 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today in 1905 in Grand Island, Nebraska, Herbeta and William Fonda welcomed their new son Henry into the world. He and his two sisters would be raised in Omaha, where their father had opened a printing company. Shy and small as a child, Henry planned after graduating from high school to study journalism at the University of Minnesota by working his way through with income from part-time jobs. But juggling his studies and his employment proved to be unsustainable, and he dropped out of college. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us Henry was unsure of what to do next until a family friend, Dorothy Brando suggested he audition for a play she was producing for the Omaha Community Playhouse. Winning the role, Henry decided he wanted to be an actor, though his father did not approve. So Henry found a job as a file clerk after the play's run ended, but when the Playhouse offered him the lead in their next production, Henry promptly and happily quit the filing job, a move that infuriated his father. Henry's mother worked out a compromise whereby Henry would keep his day job and rehearse at the playhouse weekends and evenings. Nonetheless, father and son did not speak for weeks. From his performances, Henry experienced a nervous thrill, saying, The short hair on the back of my neck felt like live wires, and my skin tingled. I realized what acting meant. It also dawned on me that for a self-doubting man, this was the answer. Writers give you the words, and you can become another person. Upon occasion, Henry's family would witness the standing ovations he received, and in turn, his mother and sisters would lavish praise upon him. Even his father would eventually comment, he was perfect, which Henry would remember as the best review of his career. Remembering back to the beginning, Henry admitted that he had been too shy to refuse Dorothy Brando when she asked him to audition. Dorothy had another, less shy but successful protege, her son, Marlon. Today is also the birthday in 1912 of American writer Studs Terkel, in 1919 of American pianist Liberace, in 1953 of Irish actor Pierce Brosnan, in 1955 of American actress Deborah Winger, and of Soviet Belarusian gymnast Olga Korbut. In 1957, of Mainer and American marathoner Joan Benoit Samuelson. In 1966, of American singer Janet Jackson. In 1969, of American actress Tracy Gold. In 1970, of Argentine tennis player Gabriela Sabatini. And in 1973, of American actress Tori Spelling. Hi, this is R.W. Estella. 
taking a moment to appreciate the singularity of WERU-FM, a radio station that for over three decades has held a special place among listening choices regionally, nationally, and globally. Instead of the blare of crass commercials peppering hackneyed selections masquerading as pop music, WERU instead affords its listeners a virtually limitless variety of tunes from myriad genres and global origins and augments those melodies with unbiased spoken word and accurate reporting of current events. Please do what you can to help this unique radio station continue its service to the community locally and globally by contributing to our Spring Fund Drive. Thanks and have a great day. From Ornal, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to the ninth week of spring.